kind of day my cat's in the room she scratches up my legs when i run down the hall i don't know why i'm running down the hall this is my own home uh how are you guys doing i'm doing great your own home in california how'd you get that lucky g Uh, i'm doing great (laughs) um it's probably the cat had something to do with it you know yeah always um i'm dripped down in the pussy wow that was the lamest joke i've made today <laughs> i think that i have way more cat drip than you do let's you be do. honest i've yeah. been to your house <laughs> you have so let's not let's not even oh, start okay oh my god that was i have uh, i is... might even have more cats than than tyler all right uh, how many cats you got I can't say because I think that I would get murdered online. It's not my fault. <laughs> I live in a house with a lot of people that love animals. Okay. He does. Right. I'm there with you. I do. <laughs> I, I only have one cat. So, you know, that's, that's easy for me. <laughs> uh, I've got three cats up in my house. So, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So. yeah. I have wait. I have more. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He, you'll see three, like just kind of walking around when see, you go up to the door. Yeah. See, see, <laughs> see when you, when you come, uh, when you come to LA, if you come to the studio here, uh, you'll, you'll meet the cats. Okay. I can't wait. And then when we go up to the Pacific Northwest, we'll meet the human cats. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The coolest, coolest team in the Northwest. Exactly. So. Coolest team in the Northwest. Said here first, guys. Said here first. This is the Squad Games Podcast. My name is Giacomo. Today, I'm with Dakota, like I always am. And of course, we have a special guest today, Mr. Tyler. Tyler from up north. Up north on hey. the west side. Hey, how's it going? It's going good, good. To hear, good to have you back on, Tyler. You know? Yeah. Happy to be back. So it's always a good time talking with you yeah. all. So. so today, we have a very interesting um, set of stuff to talk about. Uh, firstly, we're still compiling everything from the all valley team tournament uh and getting our interviews with um uh, our other players so uh that episode will be coming but first the more important talking point is that kill scream is right around the corner and we have to get this episode out before kill scream happens and kill scream is the is it the largest event in the Pacific Northwest? Did you guys beat Tacoma? Uh, we're, we're yeah, beaten Tacoma by a few players. Uh, we may be the largest event for this season in North America, actually, because ITC season reset, what, March? You are so wrong, KTO my friend. KTO and LVO happened Unfortunately. That, and we're getting 64 players. KTO, so, KTO had 87. Wild. Really? KTO, KTO had 87, plus their narrative. So maybe, maybe second, second most right now? I think so, right? And that just might be due to um, due if you guys, people, you know? Yeah, if you guys maintain all of your players and you actually have 64 come out, you guys will also beat Nova. Nova's at 63. Okay. Um, Ooh, concurrent players. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, we got we to gotta beat Nova by one. Um, you know, it's a, I hope everyone shows up. It'd be a, a shame to lose anyone, you know? Yeah. We want everyone to come out and have a good time, but, you know. It happens. Absolutely. Drops and happen. Life happens. It does. It does. And I think uh, AVTT, we hit 54, which is great for the team tournament. I think That's last crazy. year, last year we were the second largest uh, tournament in North America, period. Um, or is it third? 
I forget like, how many I forget how many players uh, KTO had the year before, but uh, we were either second or third. We did beat uh, LVO last year uh, for that for AVTT, and hopefully this upcoming year. Um, we, we've been talking to a lot of people, including the cats from the Northwest, um, for coming down to the all Valley team tournament, uh, next year. And hopefully we can push all areas in the United States to be bigger and better. Um, that is our goal. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about kill scream? Last time you were on, you told us that you guys are giving out a sword. Have you guys got the sword yet? Oh, we've had the sword since last oh. time we talked. We haven't oh. we haven't shown off the sword. That's coming here soon. Okay. Um, we got, re- you know, re- we got. Yeah, a- I, re- <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it's like one of those plastic ninja swords you get from the ice cream man. <laughs> I mean, that would be cool. Uh, you know, like a, everyone has a sword to fight even with that. Uh, but no, this is a big, big fantasy style sword, you know, Ooh. fitting very chaotic. Um, our theme mm. was this year was heavy metal. So we wanted to get an appropriate appropriate sword for it mm-hmm. so you know it's a nice uh dark fantasy style sword with skulls and spikes and all Ooh, kinds and, of it, crazy and it'll be very metallic uh right <laughs> absolutely all right absolutely. I, i'm not good at puns i no, no that was that was good i like i kind of want to kill myself all right um <laughs> 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 uh, which would be great for kill scream because it's a horror themed event right absolutely uh so we're following up our last year's kill scream which we had 10 people at um and we had a, a little narrative thing and no 10 to 64 is it's quite the jump fucking nuts explicit it's, podcast yep it is crazy um honestly i can't believe the community growth that we've had in just over a year um you know we've gone from like the core i think we had like 15 people um and we're like at 350 on our discord now and events are just like you know, there's a lot of demand for it. A lot of a lot of people want to come out and play. So um, our community's exploded, and it's just been incredible. Um, you know, the way that everyone supports each other, and they just want to see more and better gameplay from everyone else um, is astounding. That makes sense. Now, is it because you guys are centralized? Are you guys pulling from other TOs in other areas of, of Portland? Do you guys have people coming from Canada? Are there people coming from California? Like, what is the demographic looking like for uh, Kill Screen? So it's mostly uh, people up in the Pacific Northwest. So uh, we covered as our core region, kind of the Willamette Valley, Valley for Oregon. Okay. And then most of Washington, uh, like the Seattle area, and then over in the Sound. And so the that's sound? where... What is uh, that? Yeah, that's kind of like out, like uh, if you go on the other side of the, the bay... Okay. Of, of like outside of Seattle. It's like that region over there. So we have quite a few players out in that area. Okay. Um, and so that's our core area. And then we're pulling some from Northern California, um, some from Canada, I believe. And then we got some flying in from Nevada also mm. that I'm aware of. Um, and then who knows who else, honestly, sometimes people just randomly show up to tournaments yep. and stuff like that. So, um, but that's the, and then maybe Idaho. I think we have some people driving out from there. Ooh, nice. Nice. And the guys from Nevada is that, um, it is Reno. So it's the, the Reno squad is coming out. Reno eye of terror. I believe. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I don't think I've heard of them. I would love to meet them. Yeah. They're cool guys. Vince is the guy I know. And, uh, he signed up right away. He heard about the event and he was like, I'm coming dude. Um, and so I'm so excited to meet him and hang out. 
We had a one Reno guy come out to the Hammer of Wrath tournament, um, and that was Rob, I believe. Uh, shout out to you, homie, coming out so far. So that's cool. Reno sounds like it might be growing. That's that's very interesting. Hmm. Absolutely. I, I think that they have got a, a growing scene of a number of players, um, and they're really kind of like, yeah, I I think Robert is uh, coming out to ours too. So Nice. Yeah. Tell him hi from me, or if he hears this podcast, what's up, homie? Um, <laughs> glad you're glad you're making more events, and hopefully the Reno guys come to LVO as well because that is in their neck of the woods. It really is. Yeah. So, how have you improved uh, Kill Scream other than the amount of people uh, from last year to this year? Okay, so this year we've got a lot going on. Um, first off, we've got you know we're giving away a sword. Um, yeah. And then we've got a costume contest. Is that to best overall? Uh, so that will be to best overall. So uh, first day is kind of we're giving away our prizes because um, second day is invitational only. Top four okay. are coming back. Um, so we'll give away prizes based on that. All the, the fun stuff. Um, Top four. That's an interesting format. Yeah. So um, it's just that we want to get a, a final winner. Um, mm-hmm. So we will have top eight um, on the first day um, that will play a competitive mission for the the fourth round. Everyone else will be doing narrative if they want to. Okay. Um, so we have a special narrative fourth mission for players who aren't in that top running there. Uh, we got a costume contest. We've got some hobby pass stuff that I heard uh, we're, we're working out with you all of the final details for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got, uh, sportsmanship and then we've got our bounty board, which we do, um, which we use to raise money for charity. Uh, so far this year, we've raised $3,000 for charity, nice, um, which is incredible. So I'm hoping we can really, which charity, uh, we do it to a various charities. Um, so this year we'll be going for kill scream to, uh, central concern, um, in Portland, they're an outreach group that does a mm. lot of community service, um, a lot of social workers and stuff like that, which um, there's a lot of people in need out there. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've done also to uh, a couple organizations that do like board games for kids who are in need um, as learning aids and stuff like that. So that's something, you know, we're directly connected with as tabletop gamers. Um getting people to to play games who don't have access to it is also really important. Um, you know, it's such a, an important developmental thing for people. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. That's great. Um, I love that you guys, I think you guys, now if anyone is, uh, mis- you guys can correct me in the Discord or message me directly, but if there's any other TOs that directly work with a lot of charities, I don't think there's a lot of at least big-time TOs in the U.S. that work with uh, a lot of charities. So I'm not I'm not sure about anyone in uh, Europe or anything like that, but specifically uh, L- uh, in you know the USA. So that's a huge, huge, awesome thing that you guys do, and thank you guys for doing that. Yeah. You know, it's a it's part of our like foundational principles as a club. Um, you know, I, I always wanted as a group for us to put our energy into something good. If we can afford plastic soldiers, we can mm-hmm. probably afford to do some good. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Now, um, 
you guys have ran quite a few tournaments this year, correct? We have. Um, I think we're coming up on, it's going to be our ninth so far, um, mm. okay. which has been a, a busy year. We run them about every other month, but sometimes they, you know, they run a little closer than that. Mm-hmm. We run out of Shiv Games in Kaiser, Oregon, um, thanks to Jeff there, the owner. Um, he's been a wonderful partner, um, letting us have the space and giving it to us to to grow our community. Um, and then we've worked with Reality Break Games in Wilsonville. Um, right before Tacoma, we held a really tight, smaller competitive event um, that was really just focused on our people going to Tacoma to, to prep there. Um, and then this one, Killscream, will be at Guardian Games, um, which they're our gracious host for this. Um, and it's going to be really nuts down there. So uh, nice. yeah. we, we're always looking to work with more game shops. Um, really, our goal is to help them build a scene and be able to host tournaments to do good for the community with it. So, Yeah, outside of uh, FLG, uh, we've, I think, ran at, is it four stores? I think we're consolidating down a little bit. Last year, I think we did like five or six different stores, but not every store is as accommodating and not every store has the space for growing Kill Team. And not every store, unfortunately, wants to work with, uh, you know, Kill Team tournaments, they take a long time, especially mm-hmm. four hours, uh, four, four rounds, right? It's at least a uh, nine to 10 hour commitment, right? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, game stores that are out there, if you're interested in working with any local TOs, make sure you reach out to them, you know? Um, but currently we found at least three, three to four really good stores that we really like to work with. And then we try to expand from there. Um, but I can see uh, last year we pulled ourselves really thin working with so many different team uh, stores. So I feel that um, winding them down is a little easier for uh, TOs. It's less, less stress, you know, less relationships that you really have to keep at the top tier. Because, you know, sometimes like, hey, you know, no one bought any tickets to your event. Uh, at your store because we had this happen and then they just like and then the store just stops answering any of your questions or whatever so you know unfortunately um sometimes those business relationships can sour so it's it's interesting that that your guys' stores are also probably more interested in helping the charities as well so mm-hmm. you know um that's good stuff yeah it's been difficult um to find the right stores because not every store is mm-hmm. the right fit like you said uh, for running an event at, um, and it's because we do, we don't have any sponsors or anything like that. We, we sell fun. Not so yet. Anything, not yet. Quite. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there someday. Wink, wink. Uh, but you know, hey, since I'm we sell fun to everything, to it's important that we work out deals with the stores. Um, yeah. That make events possible because everything we take in goes back into our events. Um, you know, none of it's for profit. Um, it's all just for, for us having fun with our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so not all the stores are on board with that. Um, they don't see, some of them don't see the initial return on that rather than the, the long-term return that's possible from it. And they're immediately turned off by the proposition of a community coming in and kind of setting up events and doing doing their own thing and not necessarily giving them full control. Of yeah. Stuff. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> I think the game stores that have been around for longer or have been in the scene for longer or specifically deal with 
the Warhammer community rather than just magic and other ga- card games. Cause there are some, ga- some stores that specifically just deal with a lot of cards or comics and they're less likely to look at the future just cause either they're not as, uh, known or they, you know, willing. I find that some of the stores that we have had a little bit more, rela- uh, better relations with are stores that have been around or owners that have been around and in the scene for a long time because they can see where like, Hey, you know, these guys are great. They're working for charity. Uh, and then like, this will be a, this game is building. So it's going to be in the next three to four years, there's going to be a lot of people being exposed to our stores, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely like a, uh, there's that hesitancy there, but like, once you find that right fit, it's like really good. Um, you know, they're usually, usually very excited to have a community come in and build something there. So, and kill team is a perfect game to do it. It doesn't take up much space. You know, it's a lot less time intensive, but store, like you said, stores that are card focused, um, it's going to be hard for them to pull away from that. that yeah. Immediate cash flow. Um, cards are big money, you know? Yeah. Yep. Easy, easy to, to transport, easy to store, you know, compared to miniatures, which might sit on the shelf for a while. And then you actually have to support like tables that take mm-hmm. a lot more space. So and, I understand it from like a business perspective. It's not always the the move they want to make because it's kind of expensive when you first do it. Yeah, or it can be. Yeah, because yeah. also with miniatures, you also have to pay, have paint and stuff like that. Now, I have yeah. a question about your format at Kill Screen. So mm-hmm. are you guys going for one undefeated person? We are. Um, there will be okay. one undefeated Ooh. person end of day two. So. so you guys are doing a top eight cut and then a top four cut. So you're doing a, a bracketing system. And then, which I, I, I can, I definitely like your guys' system compared to like, you know, what happened at Nova. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting to say the least. Yeah. Um, uh, so we originally kill scream wasn't intended to be this big. Um, uh-huh. it was kind of, we were going to do probably like five rounds, you know, um, or like a, a fifth round to determine a, a single winner. And then we sold out so fast on our initial, I think it was 40 people, um, that we asked the store for more and they kindly gave it to us. Um, and we bumped it up to 64. So we had to kind of adjust our plans on how Mm -hmm. that was going to, to allow us to get to a single winner. Since we're giving away a sword, it would feel bad to like have a tie and it go to points. Like it needs to be one winner for a Highlander. Absolutely. There can be only one. So are you guys not having any ties? Are you guys going to have tiebreakers for any ties that actually happen? So any ties that happen, I mean, like, you know, it will be points, you know, VP and stuff like that. We'll Mm -hmm. tiebreak that. But um, I expect we'll probably get to a top four without ties. Likely. Mm, But I mean, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. It's always interesting. I mean, like, uh, we have... I don't know. I guess at our last event we had, it was four people, two of them who were tied um, that were going in for the, the win there. Mm-hmm. Technically guess- ties are undefeated. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to, I, I, I like allowing ties, but for your guys' format, you guys might want to consider uh, heavy tiebreakers just yep. so that you can maintain that tie that win ratio that you guys are looking for just as an outside look. And, you know, yeah, otherwise you're going to have somebody who's like, I tied this person 
But then you're also going to have it like, I tied this person and I lost because of tiebreakers, so I don't get in. You know, it, It's always a possibility. It, it uh, is a possibility. Um, yeah. You know, we do, it is ultimately like our tiebreakers are primaries and then secondaries for mm-hmm. it. Um, so, you know, you got to do good in the game um, if you can't win all of them straight out, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we'll base it off that. So total victory points or total tournament points or however it's phrased in BCP um, will determine placings on there. And if you draw and you have the same score as someone else, but you don't score as many points, uh, you didn't do as well and you don't you don't bring it back for the second day or you don't make that cut, I guess is how we'll, we'll do it. Um, because it ultimately it is like competitive and being able to score your, your primaries and your secondaries is an execution of skill. Yeah, um, in the game. So, yeah, the <clears throat> that's fascinating. Okay, that sounds fun. Um, are do you guys? Uh, well, I will be donating uh, at least one prize to Kill Scream this year uh, to the overall winner, which will be a really uh, cool token tray. At least I think it's cool uh, with all your guys' symbols and stuff like that. Horror themed. Plan on doing some transparent red tokens to make it look, um, you know, like blood. So should be really fun. Really cool. Well, that's really exciting. I can't wait to give it away to him also. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, I'm also going to be giving away, um, anyone who wins that event gets to come down to the West coast championships, uh, for free and compete. Uh, the West coast championships will be a, if you win, um, you get your ticket paid for LVO. So the $75 entry fee will be waived. Um, and then to that event as well, we're going to be giving away to first place and to your uh, best sportsmanship, a ticket to the all Valley team tournament next year. So uh, for free. So uh, anyone out there in the Pacific Northwest, that's already gotten a ticket to this uh, tournament. I hope you guys are excited about those. Well, that, um, that's incredibly exciting. Um, I have to, to match that. So let's say for both of those events, um, first the West Coast Championships and then next year's All-Valley. Um, winners of those top place at All-Valley and then number one at the West Coast Championships. They can come up for Kill Scream 3. Woo! Hell yeah. Well, Hell that's yeah. it's something exciting. Uh, I haven't talked to G about this, um, but me and Saya are planning on getting tickets early to kill scream three next year and making our way up there. How about you G you want to go to Portland? I do actually, I wanted to go to this one, but I pour it planning and I also have two weddings right in between these. So then, uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> That's fair. Next year's going to be crazy. Um, we're trying to, to double it. We're going for 128. Um, and we're going to push for, we're going to have to go to a new venue. And stuff like that, but we've got some some big stuff planned. We're already working on for next year. I love so, it. Amazing. We will try gonna, to bring as many Socalians as we can. <laughs> yeah. uh, we will have a, a proper web presence for next year, also, so people can find out more information. Um, our event this year kind of popped out of nowhere. Um, it's like two months from from confirmation that we can even host the event to to the event, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy. So, yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, hopefully uh, kill team continues to grow uh, year over year. Uh, that is all of our goals and to help foster 
all of the communities to do so. Now, since you were on last, is there has there been anything that um, you guys have done in the community, something special that other TOs that are listening might be able to take away um, and start doing in their own areas in order to grow more? Um, you know, uh, so I, I do every, everything is word of mouth up here. Um, it's kind of difficult to, to explain. Um, but like, really, it's just like, you need to have a very, uh, a presence in a store and start talking to people. Um, other than that, you know, like make sure that you're interacting with your community directly and getting people into, to your discords. Um, you know, like having people see a community be excited about the game is so important, um, to its growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people get locked down in like store discords, I feel like, um, rather than in a community discord about their game. And so like, it's really important to get those people who are in your region from that store discord or like whatever store Facebook group into yours where they're communicating with you directly so that they can understand what you're trying to do as an organizer um, rather than seen only from what the store is doing. Um, I also, I also find that sometimes um, multiple discords can open up a lot of people to being, becoming fragmented again. Um, And instead like coming all under one banner, like we have two discords down here. We have the, the SoCal, let me make sure that I say it right. We have the SoCal skirmish gaming, which is meant for just SoCal kids. We have squad games. Uh, you guys have yours, which is KTC kill team Cascadia. There's also, um, you know, uh, command point, which is kind of like a regional thing at this point. They're so enormous. Um, and squad games is growing to more of a natural national level as well. Cause we have people from Canada, you know, we do LVO, which is kind of like the super bowl of kill team in America <laughs> outside of games workshop, uh, which you can only go to theirs if you get invited and then you have to pay your ticket there. You know, it's awesome stuff. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, you know, while these things are exciting, you know, um, it's fascinating being able to see like the biggest event in the Pacific Northwest will hopefully and always continue to be for kill team kill scream, right? That's your guys's goal. Or are you guys planning to push anything else to be big? Um, I mean, like, I think that we kind of need to push another event. Um, we haven't really determined where in the year that we're going to do that, but I would like something else throughout the year that is uh, kind of a, a major event of some sort. Uh, maybe in the spring or something, you know, one, give it some one, spacing. One thing I found is that people can usually only afford to travel maybe once every four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless if you are uh, some players that are on that ITC grind, which we'll talk about a little later. Um, like for me, uh, I think my plans as of next year uh, and hopefully Giacomo's too and Saya, because I'm going to, we're going to talk a lot about some of these IT studies I, the points on the internet that don't matter. We're going to talk about that later, but like <laughs> uh, BAO, some, you know, San Diego stuff. Um, and then I would really like to go to Nova, New York open or somewhere in Florida next year, depending on which one makes sense for us. And then also kill screen. So it's kind of like three to four events that I would like to travel to, to play. And hopefully we can get the rest of squad games to go as well. Um, is there any, cause you know, 
uh, and LVO, obviously, like we run it, right? right? Now, is there anything that you are pushing the Pacific Northwest? Because um, the Pacific Northwest does not travel very much. And I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about this too. Like I put you guys on blast a little bit a couple weeks ago. You did. talked a little bit of shit. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to hide from it. I did. I had you guys on and immediately talk shit afterwards, you know? It's okay. Um, it's fun, fun banter, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, is there any kind of other events that you guys are pushing uh, your local players to travel to? It's a lot easier for West Coast players to go to West Coast events rather than spending however much money to go to like Nova, New York Open, Adepticon, uh, these kinds of, these ACO, these kind of big uh, other events. Yeah. So, I mean, like I'm pushing players to go to LVO. Um, I want to show out at LVO with cats mm-hmm. um, and kind of get us on the uh, the more national representation. We've been we've been sequestered up here in the Pacific Northwest. And it's time to, to break out. Um, after that, uh, team tournament, All-Valley team tournament next year. Mm-hmm. Sounds incredible. Um, I'm actually sad I missed it this year. We just couldn't couldn't quite get our schedules to line up to come down. We were a few of us were trying but we couldn't make it happen last minute. And, you know, <clears throat> I would like to go to the New York open personally. Um, I think it sounds incredible. Um, just like a really good crew out there um, from all my interactions with them. So, uh, you know, and then, yeah, like it's, it's just like a lot of stuff going on, but like, those are the three events I really want to see people from the Northwest headed out to and participating yeah. in. So yeah, one thing is um, hopefully me and Travis will be a little bit better planners because we both planned the West Coast Championships and uh, New York Open on the exact same days, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, if uh, if anyone wants to travel from the Pacific Northwest, I highly recommend our All-Valley Team Tournament and LVO. If you could make another one, SoCal Open or the West Coast Championship in California are also great, or BAO, which is a little bit closer, right? It's up in San Francisco. It's about a five hour less car ride by, uh, by, uh, by road. Chris Bakke is going to be the TO for that. So, uh, that'll probably be some of the more easy things for the Pacific Northwest to go. But obviously if we're going to be pushing, um, kill screen to be as big as possible, hopefully reach the 120 player mark. Uh, we want to do the same thing for one of our tournaments out here, which would hopefully be the all Valley team tournament. So if you guys want to help support the squad games, uh, or kill team in general, kind of focusing on one event uh, is 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 important for the TOs and the organizers. So anyone else that are like from Nevada, from Idaho, from Arizona, from anywhere on the West Coast, right? Try to get your 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 gaming group together, go on and go in on an Airbnb and come to one up in the Pacific Northwest, one down in California and then run your guys' own and then obviously everyone come to LVO. Why not, right? It's in Vegas. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, Vegas is always a good time. Pretty centrally Vegas. located too. It's Vegas, baby. Yeah. Right? And if this if this tournament um, format is successful, we may see this tournament format happen again and again and again. Uh, and then, uh, heaven forbid, we get if we get a because so LVO is going to be a nine round Swiss, right? So, Oof. Oof. yeah. Uh, so it's going to be three rounds on Friday. Done it. Done before five. Three rounds on Saturday. Done before five, and then three rounds on Sunday. Done before five. Maybe after that award ceremony, it might be like five thirty or six. Right. We're going to be doing a lot of award stuff during lunchtime on that day in case people have early flights or something. Um, but 
you know, having these things planned out for everyone. I mean, if Warhammer can do it and um, other teams can do it, like AOS, then Kill Team, since it's growing so much, we should be able to move to that format as well, right? Um, <clears throat> it's interesting, though, that... So one thing that I like as a TO is having one extra round, um, at least one extra round, because it makes it feel like everything could get blown wide open. So for instance, at the All Valley this year, we had six rounds. Hmm. And we had one penultimate winner after round four. And that was Bats Team B. They ended up taking the whole thing. But on um, round five, they won. And then round six, they ended up losing, which blew it open, uh, which you know had a lot of interesting interactions and stuff. Is that something that you guys might think about doing next year? Or is it specifically... Uh, the venue's preference that you guys have a smaller presence on day two. So we, again, it wasn't uh, ever intended for this to be a two day event. Um, it was just, you know, one day four rounder, you know, have a good time, uh, fifth round to determine mm. ultimate victor. Uh, but to get to that, that one final, uh, hopefully undefeated person, the second day, we had to, to ask the store to give us space. They actually have a magic tournament going on that day, and they've made space just for us to show up and have our, our final round there. Nice. Okay. That's nice. Okay. So, very accommodating of them, honestly. What's, so. what's fascinating is going to see what Kill Scream turns into next year because mm-hmm. um, you guys will know that your event is going to be more popular, at least at worst case scenario, you're just, you get just as many tickets, best case scenario, you double, right? So somewhere in between, it's going to be interesting to see what you guys plan for the next year. I'm very excited, uh, especially so, since I'll be attending. Absolutely. We've got a whole new theme coming out next year. Um, we're going, you know, we like to, to keep it fresh. Um, we'll announce our new theme at kill scream this year. Uh, mm. for the whole year so our, all of our events will be themed around that and uh yeah i've got i've got a special venue i'm trying to secure and a few other like quirky uh quirky uh, additions to the event nice let's say so um it'll be a <laughs> hopefully a show of some sort um no for the event so um so a little, little over the top okay cool i'm excited so now going to uh Giacomo, is there any question that you wanted to ask before we move on to the next little part? No, let's go ahead and move forward. Cool. Heck yeah. So I talked a little bit of shit uh, in a previous episode. Uh, I think it was the one with Shane when we were doing the Nova one. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it was specifically that you guys really valued intercession really highly. You guys just had a big winner at Tacoma, which mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel, I still feel is extremely un i don't know how it happened <laughs> i mean i'll tell you i'll tell you how it happened our colts player that mm-hmm. would have taken it um he got sick day two uh, oh. what he yeah he wasn't he wasn't playing uh i mean he's the one who took me out round three first day you know um, drinking too much something yeah, i mean you know <laughs> i i don't think the sake helped but i don't think that that's what it was yeah, yeah um yeah. you know but uh he got taken out you know by the person who did finish first, Matt's an incredible player, very mm-hmm. precise, but like, um, getting sick will not 
not help you win those events. And so once our top Colts player was knocked out, um, you know, we didn't really have, not to say the other players weren't um, good, but like they just weren't prepared for some of the other top players. Interesting. So this is no shade towards Matt. I think it's a very well and huge win for Mm -hmm. intercession. I do find it interesting how few Colts players there were, how many Felgor, few Felgor players there were, because this event happened before the nerf. Um, and, you know, the, the summer of Colt, the melee summer as Games Workshop just recently deemed on one of their videos. That I don't think it's over, like Elliot said, but... Um, <clears throat> What led? What has led to the Pacific Northwest to thinking or taking intercession more, ha, more than legionary? And has your after Nova, after a few other big tournaments, has your has your disposition upon the meta changed at all, or do you think that intercession is still one of the strongest teams? So I personally think they're still one of the strongest teams. Um, they're just consistent, you know, like they're. You got each unit is solid in it. They can all do work. Uh, they got access to all of the rerolls, and they can put the damage through. Um, they have a great matchup into Commandos, which is probably the strongest team uh, at the moment. You know, um, with just how everything's kind of rolled rolled out. Um, I think Legionary's a fantastic team. Also, I'm a Legionary player primarily mm-hmm. myself, um, but I think that. Intercession has, there's less mental load on it, ultimately. And I think that there is more consistency with them. Um, And I think that that's what just makes them a really solid team. Um, I think that Matt picked Intercession because he has a lot of experience with them. Mm -hmm. And he knew he could do good with them. And I think that um, consistency just counts for a lot. I think that if we had more players playing Colts, especially our top players, or Felgor at the time, we could have seen some different results. But I know a lot of our players um, didn't want to play those teams because they either didn't feel right, um, given how overpowered they were, or they just weren't the fit for the player. Um, like Fabio, uh, uh, Fabi is one of our Hand of the Archon players, and he's incredible with them. And I couldn't see him really playing Colts. He could probably do incredible things with them, but um, it's not his play style. Same with Greg Marquino, who came in second. Um, Greg's our head TO, and he's been playing Phobos since they came out. And to see nice. them like get buffed up to where they're a solid team, uh, you know, he wanted to go out there and prove what they could do, and I think he did. He came, you know, he came in second overall. Um, so like. I think that there was like a lot of personal feelings about the teams that stopped um, players who would be in contention for top spots from running them at Tacoma. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, Giacomo has your uh, idea of where intercession lies in the current meta. Cause obviously we're going to, we're going to talk about some of the meta because um, games workshop, Elliot, in an interview in the most recent Warhammer community article came out and said that this meta is going to be staying around until the end of November, early December. So G, what do you think? Do you think that intercession, 
I know that they're they're very reliable. I think they are a very good team. I think they're at minimum an A an A team. Do you still put them in S tier, Tyler? I mean, I think that they're like top A S tier. You know, like it's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of I think the meta's in a good shape overall after changes to Felgor. Well, Felgor probably need a buff, but after the changes to Colts, um, really, uh, and that. While it's really down to player preference on the team, I don't think we see in other regions a lot of top players wanting to play intercession. Um, I personally Agreed. don't like to play intercession. I only took him to Tacoma because I'd been overworked for the three weeks before, mm-hmm. and I knew I could play them pretty reliably without, without a lot of prep. So, um, yeah, you, you know, if like if a team doesn't sit with you, why would you play it? Um, exactly. Exactly. I think that they're kind of, I personally think they're kind of boring and I generally encourage people to move away from intercession after they've been playing them for a minute. It's like, come on, like, uh, let's, let's play a more interesting team. You know, I can play agree what you with want. those sentiments a hundred percent. He's saying fighting words. Oh, cause, cause okay. I've been playing intercession. I remember cause I was going to play Phobos that day. And then I was tying my shoes, getting ready to go prepare for the day. And I read the little Warhammer article comes up on Warhammer community and I go, Oh, intercession's a thing. So I went upstairs, got my intercession, played with them for the first time that day. And I was like, they play so well and they're very fun. And because they're so easy to play, whenever I go to tournaments, I take them because I really don't want to do a whole lot. I want to do more drinking than I want to do more playing, you know, and have a good time. Um, but <coughs> the more I've been playing them, the more I kind of go like, well, I know kind of what my moves are now and I know what I'm going to be doing and what my opponent can and can't do against them. So the, choreo- the choreographed dance is very similar. So you're right. There's times where it gets boring, um, but I think they're great for introducing people to the game. Because you can make a lot of mistakes with the team and still be all right. And Absolutely. they're great for those, like, if you really just want to have a good time, play them. I would even argue Legionnaires can be similar. They they have definitely more things because of the marks. But they're the concept of take these six guys, make these six guys do something. And that's really only those two teams. I can't think of another elite team, um, maybe Custodes. That would be, like, this is, you sort of know what you're going to be doing. But Justinian. Justinian's another one. Um, though I, again, I still think Legionnaires have a little bit more fun because of the stuff you could do where you're right. Intercession is kind of boring. You know what you're going to do. I'm going to do rerolls this turn. What am I going to do next turn? I'm going to do rerolls next turn. That's it. You know, yeah, you, you're I right. Think, I think y'all crazy. I find intercession to be a hoot. Um, I love the team. I think that they're so much fun. And while they may have more of the basics of tactics. I think they are 100% an S tier team for new players. Absolutely. For, for anyone looking to do good at any tournament, these guys, unless if you go to Nova, <clears throat> this team will take you there. You will probably place at the majority of all tournaments we've seen intercession at least do well. Even at LVO, Adrian Bonavento, an amazing player, did take them to third, right? Now, I don't think that they are S tier for these events that have a ton of top players at, um, specifically because these top players aren't taking them. And also I, to me, I feel that they are easy to deal with, with certain teams. Yes. So top level. Agreed. Yeah. So like when we look at Nova's results, that the first place, the highest placed player for 
uh, for these for intercession. I think they were the second or third most taken team, and they the top player placed twenty sixth because there was vet guard there. Yeah. You know, uh, anything that is going to heavily have any of these shooty hordes. So, Hearthkin, Pathfinders, Vetguard, these shooty hordes with high AP. Um, Intercession's probably not going to have a great time, just in general, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Even Agreed. if the maps are heavy or you're playing on Into the Dark, you know, I, I'll just I'll just move my plasma into this room, shoot a guy. Oh, he didn't die. Okay, I'll move the melt in now and kill him. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually what happens. <laughs> you know, you know so, uh, we don't have Pathfinder players up here. Really? Like, none. There, I've, I've never seen, there's never been Pathfinder at any of our events. Um, wow. As Dang, far no as our good. meta representation, it is zero. I got to um, move to the Pacific Northwest now because gotta, there's yeah, no Pathfinder have, players. You got to have at least one. You know, get Absolutely. away from the Tal Empire. Uh, like, no, like we've been, we've been talking about that. And that's one of the things that we've really said, you know, you need to drill pathfinders because if pathfinders show up to our event no one has any practice into them yeah you know it's like uh wormblade too wormblade could uh yeah do some good stuff wormblade is we do have a couple really good wormblade players um out there you know but like still not a team if you don't have prep into them they'll run over you um you know like there's definitely like these shooty hordes that can do do damage um and put it into people uh if they're not prepared you know Hearthkin, we only have one major Hearthkin player out here. And uh, so Katrina, Kit, Kit, absolutely Kit. Um, Kit. She's incredible. So, um, but I think she's gone back to blooded also. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, because I know, okay, there's a lot of people out there that are on this Hathkin hype train. I'm glad for you. I'm glad. Let may the ancestors bless you, please. But I don't think they're in that position in the meta. No, I'm. I, <laughs> the last time we talked about Hath, Hearthkin and how not impressive they were, uh, we made a lot of people angry. A lot of a lot of uh, Hathkin players, uh, Hearthkin players. But you know, to be honest, I still think that they aren't great in the meta because there are a lot of teams that can still deal deal with that team. Like they still have some pretty decent counters. They're just like, um, in my opinion, they're similar to Crew. Right, like, crude have amazing shooting. They can do great on most matchups, but then like you're gonna run into somebody at a tournament and you're gonna lose just because of the matchup. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? They're not in that that spot that can dominate like Felgor used to be able to. So I think I think Hearthkin. Um, it's very first off Hearthkin player of them to get really mad uh, for someone to, <laughs> to hold the they, grudge. They, yeah, hold they, the grudge. <laughs> That's going in the book. I've I, been written in so many people's books. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you said something bad about the dwarves. That's going in the book. Um, I think that they're fantastic, and I think that there's there's a lot to them. Um, I don't know if they're like quite. I think they're like if we're gonna give it like a tier list rating, like high B, you know, low A. Uh, totally possible to win with them, especially if other people aren't prepared for them. <clears throat> I think but you're like, generous there. I think they're I mean, solid B. You know, but like uh, Void Dancers coming into them, they're going to have a bad time. Yep. Yeah. You know? uh, yep. Yep. Those laughing elves but, just laugh and dance and kill little squats. I can't I, remember. Do Void Dancers want to move forward as well like the other elves do? Oh, yeah. They, well, the, yeah. the Hearth can have the one guy who stops uh, early movement. So that's... Yeah, but that they could can help. fly. Yeah. And they all yes, have interval saves. True. And they have monofilament kisses, which turns your insides to mush when they hit you with them. 
That's true. I mean, obviously, you don't want to get into melee with Hearthkins. And there's a lot less insides with uh, Hearthkins. So I mean, Plasma lot- Knife's not bad, though. Plasma <laughs> Knife's bet, not bad. I bet, like, per per like unit of weight, there's probably the same amount. It's just, like, compactor, you know? Like, you take yeah. all... <laughs> All eight models versus all 10 models, put them in a blender. <laughs> See how much they weigh. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely give uh, Harith, Harith, I think I agree with you on the B rating. I think that they are a very strong B. They can be pushed in the right hands, maybe to A. I think uh, if we see some like changes in the meta in November, they could go up. You yes, know, like the, the, the right nerfs to other teams. It's like commandos. They were. They've had the this bomb squig for a minute, and mm-hmm. then uh, the other teams get nerfed, and it's like, oh, they're actually super incredible. And it's like they've always been incredible. It's just that, you know, everything's pushed them to to that limit where they're yeah. the best right now. If we look at Games Workshop, like they said, they're going to buff Wormblade. Who knows what they're going to do with that team? Uh, they're going to buff. The dark. They're going to make them just better somehow. We hope. <laughs> um, we're going to. They're going to buff. Uh, Ravagers, and they're gonna buff. Who's the last team? I can't remember. I just remember Wormblade and Felgor. Oh, uh, Arbides. Yeah, Arbides. Arbides are also pretty dang close to being amazing. They I'm, really I'm waiting are. for them to be overpowered. I have I have a shirt that I'm going to release when they're overpowered. Ah, good, good. So. <laughs> Imagine it just sits there. They never get overpowered. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these days, you know, that way it's not political commentary when it comes out. There you go. Hey, hey, they they are, they are a funny meme on our current world situation where they beat people. That's judge dread in general. When the character was created back in the day, it was a satire on the police. You know, all our beaties are bastards. So, uh, (laughs) you know, that's all, that's all I'll say. Little, little sneak peek on the the shirts. All right. Good. Good. So what's, what's interesting is that, um, Felgor are already in a pretty okay spot, even though they're not winning or taking events. I think a little bit of a buff will be nice. Hopefully they don't revert any changes and they, hopefully they explain to people on the discords that you can't kill a Felgor in one shooting round. If you come to any of my events, you will never be able to do that. Um, so we found that we, we've had an in-depth discussion about this just recently. And there's okay. one situation in which a Felgor could potentially die in a shooting round. And that's if you got blast and splash, you know? So Mm. it's like, so like the, the splash Mm. potentially takes the zero wounds and then the blast hits it finally Mm. um, and kills it. So that's the only situation I can come up with. It's all simultaneous. So mortal wounds effect before, like, I think, Uh, I don't know. It's, it's debatable. You might Uh, be right with, with a mortal wound splash. You might be right. If you're you're able to. That's the only way um, it has to be reduced to zero wounds before you roll for the blast portion because of the mortal wounds. I don't know if that's technically right, but you know, after an in-depth discussion between a lot of people, that's kind of what we came to. As. I can see that as a snap judgment. I can definitely yeah. see that if I'm wrong, get in our discord and let us know. And you can t- let Tyler know too, how wrong we are. Absolutely. The internet likes to do. <laughs> so um, I could also see, with um, those teams getting buffed, uh, a couple other teams getting nerfs. We could see Hearthkin in a good spot, but mm-hmm. I don't think we'll have Hearthkin personally. I don't think we'll have Hearthkin in a good spot until possibly December, which will be interesting because that 
data slate announcement, whenever that happens, late November, early December, we will 100% have, it'll be LVO's, um, it will be LVO's data slate. So people can start prepping earlier. I mean, unless if GW is like, oh, two weeks before LVO, here's another balanced data slate. That would uh, be Man, exciting. Man, kicking the nuts. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be super exciting. Um, so maybe they'll be in a good spot for LVO, but I don't think that anyone who's going to bring them to like the world championship that Warhammer's putting on is going to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that they should nerf just like while we're talking about nerfs, they should, I want them to hurt the clowns. I make the grip five EP. Um, okay. Just personal. Like, you know, they're definitely S tier. Yeah, they are. They've, they've been S tier for too long. Let's just hurt the clowns. The, the grips five equipment points. No, <laughs> I mean, that's what we used to say about ravagers. Like just change war paint, you know? Yeah. And, but then they made them like completely different, which is all right. I, th- I think over time I've come to agree that maybe they sh- still should be able to hold objectives if they're frenzied. No. No, you still no, don't. Jack, no. no, you still no, don't. I don't like it? that because because it feels bad for new players. Like it just it's just like a feels bad mechanic. And I think they're trying to get rid of some of those feels bad mechanics so that the team is at least a little bit more popular. Um, I think that's that's one of the things that I really like. The shooting thing, I mean, it's only come into play once right. when so I fought them. It's not a big deal. So, so so it wasn't that much of a problem. I think they should count as minus one APL for control of objectives. That could be friendly. interesting. I could live um, with that. That's a good compromise. That that way, because like they should still be able to run onto it, or like if they're getting shot off of it, control it. You know, while they're still there. Um, but like, or they need maybe to, not. Uh, you need a frenzied and another guy or something. No, that that's too complicated now. Yeah, but like uh, that way, like if you just run like one regular guardsman on a frenzy goat's objective you've taken it from him because he's too busy like freaking out right or whatever so yeah um now is there so what do you think about vet guard is there any vet guard players up we just did a podcast on them talked a lot it looks like it might have invigorated a few people to break off the dust and start throwing some dice with some vet guard models is there any vet guard players up there in uh, pacific northwest we, we do have some vet guard players, um, but I think that a lot of players are starting to kind of realize that vet guards in a great spot. Oh, yeah. um, you know, like they, they've been in a great, they're so incredible. They've always been. First, they always yeah. have been. Always yeah. have been. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's just like the, the cycle of things. New teams come out. You want to play the new stuff. It's shiny. Um, now but I'm going to play that, intercession. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that vet guard though, are they just like, uh, they're one of those teams that it's like, there's a lot going on. 14 models. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to deal with. Um, yeah. It's, it can be difficult if you, if you don't practice the team for sure. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of commitment for vet guard. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we're starting to see some players put in reps with them. Um, and it, it could be very threatening in the future. Yeah. Um, vet, vet guard. They're, they're, they're really difficult because you have to practice that team. If you don't, you can't just pick them up, go to a tournament like you, you would expect like a, an intercession or Justinian or even legionary, right? Legionary still, you you need to practice, but like vet guard pathfinders, these shooting hordes, the people's, because I think a lot of things that people don't realize is when you're playing a team with more activations, it matters more when you activate and how you activate and what models you put next to which models. Mm-hmm. Felgor is a huge, 
huge on that. They have such a high skill ceiling, I think. I think they have one of the biggest high skill ceilings in the game because they have so many different abilities, but you have to practice enough to know which model to put next to which, what activation order you need to do. And it's the same thing with uh, Gellerpox. You know, a little quick thing for the AVTT. Uh, a lot of people know Orion Wolfong uh, from Plasma Spam. You know, he's the leader of Plasma Spam. He also won LVO. He's been on the podcast multiple times. And he was, um, he came down to the All Valley Team Tournament. Uh, thank you very much, brother. Coming from all the way from Baltimore. Sad I missed um, you. Yeah. Um, and like, I call him the Gellerpox King, the Gellert King, uh, because he won LVO with them. And then he went five and one with Gellerpox and he played Chris Pocky. He played Alex Squires and he beat them both. He beat a lot of the best people. <clears throat> I don't think he got to play Jimmy Kelly, but he, he, he got to play a lot of the best players in SoCal and show that Gellerpox still played to their highest caliber are still a very scary team. A lot of people have, have, have shaken off the Geller Pox jitters, but they are still a very, very scary team when you can play that model, that that team to the highest level because they have that activation. They have the, the, the flexibility. Intercession and these smaller teams have a different when you're... Their activations matter a lot too, but they're typically tankier. They can typically do more things. So... And it doesn't matter as much. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to flip this. I'm going to use aspects on this guy because of this, you know, and then I'm going to dash off this building and be safe. They have so much more flexibility that you can kind of do more things with a lower count occupation army. That's why it's a lot easier to play those. These higher model count teams, if you're not seeing as much success, maybe swap to a lower count army and then move back to the higher count or start thinking about your team in a different way that you can change some things and win more. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I feel like that's a decent tip. You know, if I, I feel like um, with a lot of these teams, you know, the high skill cap teams, it takes a lot of games, you know, 15 mm -hmm. to 20 to like really get a handle on them um, to where you're like feeling okay with them. Not even good. Okay. Like you got, you're like, okay, this is how the team runs. This is what I need to be doing. Now it's time to drill, yeah. um, you know, and it feels bad. Uh, when you're first doing those reps with them, especially if you're a newer player um, and you're losing all the time, yeah. you know, and you're not getting it and it's not clicking for you. Um, and sometimes it's just like you have to stay with it until until it clicks for the team or you need to switch off to another team and come back when you have like a better grasp on all of the factors that are going into how you play that team. You know, Also, play, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say play against the team, you know, mm -hmm. find someone else who's uh, maybe a better player than you, or you think is a better player than you and ask them to play that team into you. Absolutely. Um, you know, like I do a lot of coaching these mm -hmm. days for people. Um, you know, someone will be like, Hey, I need to work on this team or I need to, I don't understand how this team works. And so we'll sit down and we'll first play a game against each other. And then they'll play a game against someone else as I coach them and kind of walk them through stuff and there's like uh when it starts to click for that player and they understand how they're actually supposed to use the team um there's a night and day difference in the skill level that comes from the the preceding games there exactly another thing is also realizing like 
going to tournaments and playing against more teams and other teams. Sometimes you'll you'll want to play commandos, but maybe you just can't you can't grasp it. If you can't grasp it, go to Strategic Advantages blog. Emmanuel will teach you how to play commandos. But outside of that, um, you know, other other things are like if you play against a team and somebody's doing something differently than you do, try not to think of like, oh, you're doing it wrong. Try to think like hard of like, oh, wow, that was a really good move. It's not something I typically would have done. Like when I was playing against True at Nova, he used his demo man just to charge a model on a point. And I was like, yeah, I never use my demo man to charge someone, but I might do that in the future because I just, I value his, his bomb more than, you know, winning points. And ultimately that's what won him the game or there's multiple factors, but one of the options and he never fought, he just contested that, that point the entire time. So when it came down to, to, um, you know, tiebreakers, you know, he won. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of ways to run the teams and not everyone's going to know everything. Giacomo, you are very much a Pathfinder player and Intercession player. And I've seen you on our Discords paint, painting beautifully, by the way. Thank you. Uh, the Pathfinders, yes. the Kasserkins, and the Hearthkin. Is there anything that has made you want to start painting and doing? Is it just collection? Is it because you saw people playing them? Is it, what is it? Well, when it came down to it, I've always been interested in a few things. Fire Warrior on the PlayStation 2. The I, If I remember right, it was the fourth edition Guardsman Codex with the picture of the Kasserkin and the regular guy in like one of the first few pages. And I really like those little dwarves. So I thought, all right, I'm going to collect these guys and I'm going to paint them. But at the same time, I wanted to play something that wasn't just six man teams. Because although I love my intercession, no matter how boring they are, and you could argue... Uh, I love my Phobos, no matter, you know, small teams, but I just kind of wanted to do something different. Like, you know, try practicing with two APL models, which I never really do. So I'm so used to having activations and being spoiled by it. So I thought like, well, as a player, you should know how to kind of do both, you know, get a, get a good grasp for both. Um, Cause there's things you can probably learn from each one. You know, with elites, I learned how to value each guy and what to do to sort of keep them protected. And with two APL guys, at least from some practice things I've done on like TTS, I've learned it's okay to sacrifice pawns sometimes, um, which you normally won't do with like intercession. You're not going to sacrifice a guy. You only got six of them. Mm -hmm. So like those, those are kind of the reasons I've been moving into some more of the big teams now is to try them out and get a better understanding from that angle. Something I don't really do. Okay. Fair. Has there been any player out there to help you, um, is there any player out there that's really helped you or like wanted you to expand into other teams? Yeah. Um, one of the homies out here in Santa Clara, a few of the homies, you know, just like they, they had Legionnaires to start with and then they bought blooded and then they got Kasserkin as well. And so, um, we have another couple friends who play like Wormblade and who play, um, custodes, and it's just like all these different things, these different abilities, which I'm not used to because I tend to see a lot of intercession because that's all I played. And so it made me want to try some new abilities as well, in addition to just trying something um, bigger, mm-hmm. with bigger team sizes. I think that having the variety of experiences, seeing how other teams play, um, and not getting stuck playing against the same team or playing the same team keeps the game fresh. Yeah. Um, if you're always playing the same game, you're going to get bored mm-hmm. real quick. Um you know, like that's, that's why I'm always trying to encourage people to 
get started with a simple team like intercession and then move on to something that's like really Justinian. Yeah, yeah. Really, uh, really interesting for them. Like, you know, kit bash, something cool, go out on a, a display board, really paint them up, you know, tell me a story. With yeah. Dudes. I want to, I want to know who they are and what they're doing, you know, like ultimately, uh, we do a lot of competitive stuff up here. Um, mostly cause narrative's hard, but I want people to tell me a story with their miniatures as I'm playing them in a competitive game, you know, like I want, mm-hmm. I want to see cool stuff. I don't want to just see the same stuff all the time. Right. Absolutely. I want to imagine in my head why, why my goats are fighting your, your Krieg or like <laughs> whatever weird converted vet guard you have, you know, like I have mm-hmm. some Salvar chem dog vet guard, um, you know, Ooh. and it's like, uh, just like kind of like really, really wild stuff you see sometimes you get wild conversions and it's cool. And that's my favorite part of the hobby personally. Absolutely. That is uh, one of my favorites as well. You see a lot of good stuff. Last year, there's amazing things at LVO. Like, oh my gosh, I think those I, sisters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that the was sister breachers. Ooh. Oh, the sister breachers. That was uh, Miguel. Yep. Mm-hmm. We had sisters, uh, the novitiates, the undead ones. The, uh, the uh, damned by ones, Abel. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. By Abel. Amazing. He did a great job with that. Yeah, he almost Abel is converted. the coolest yeah. guy also. Can we just shout out to Abel? Oh, there you go, Abel. Woo! Rad person. Um, we had Oust who came out with, I think I think it was him, uh, the undead uh, breachers, which were amazing. And then cool there, was, there was so many good, just great, you know, Andrew who won the best painting from uh, San Diego with his uh, converted... Those legionaries. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love those oh, guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I forgot about those for a second. Yeah. Then you had, uh, then you had everyone who went to <clears throat> AVTT this year that just has been up in their game. Like it's just crazy to see from year one to like year two. And then I can only imagine what year three is going to be. It's going to be insane. Absolutely. The photos I've seen from AVTT have been crazy, by the yep. way. Um, we didn't even people, release all of them. <laughs> people just like the, the people I've talked to, uh, who were there, uh, they just said it was absolutely amazing. I got to go next year and bring my team with me. So there we go. Yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Now, is there any other teams? That, well, I want to talk about Colts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So they did not see a huge breakthrough at Nova. And I think it's because everyone thought commandos was a great matchup into them. And I think that people were trying to counter what they thought was going to happen. And it's interesting because we had a 54-person tournament. It's a lot less risky to, quote-unquote, bring Colts at the All-Valley. And the All-Valley saw a lot of Colts players, and they did very, very good. Like, mm-hmm. the only person, like, the only teams to, like, righteously beat them were, surprisingly, the Hearthkin. Kellen Foster took them into open and into into the dark. That's, defeated. It just blows my mind that that happened. Yeah. defeated. We'll have to talk to Kellen eventually about how he ended up doing that. So maybe they're like a low key counter to uh, cultists that we didn't know about too bad. They suck into a lot of other teams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously commandos, there was a lot of commandos and then Colts came out and in force, right? Baki brought them. I think he only lost to Orion's, uh, you know, Geller Pox. Pox. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then like Jeff, Jeff beat Orion with them, you know, and then like there's so many Colts players and they did so well, mostly because a lot of times they could guarantee that they'd be on into the dark. But like even in the open, they're still a fucking menace, mm-hmm. a menace. 
Mm-hmm. I think Sam Rosen got to pick up a lot of his matches. So um, Sam Rosen did, and he he's another bats player, Felgor. He also, I believe, went undefeated, or he almost did. Um, so like when you obviously there, every team is going to do better in, in the team format format. It's very different. Individual performances are going to wild, very, they're going to vary wildly because you get to pick a lot of matchups, right? Or sometimes you just get fed to the cultist player. But when you play in a 40 K tournament team tournament, a lot of times like Admech is really strong. So who are we going to throw into him? Okay. Our weakest player. And they're just going to like get the win. So sometimes like these things are different, but it did show a lot of people's teams faith in Colts. I think Colts are still really, really good. I know I had a really interesting conversation with Nick Craven at um, Nova. He said that he thought that if he took cultists while he was at the event playing, like right after our game, when he beat me, he said, if I brought cultist, every player I've played so far, I think I just would have smashed them. Right. So like even, even against commandos, if you don't know how to play the matchup, well, mm-hmm. you still can lose that matchup very easily just because they are a disgusting team. <laughs> I, um, I think Colts are still so strong. Um, I, I do think you're right. I think we saw a lot of people bringing what they thought would counter Colts. Um, I think that, I do think that at a top level for a lot of people, there's a pride in not taking that team sometimes. Agreed. Um, you know, like, uh, people just well, look at you sideways, you know, they're like, yeah, Oh, like, you're that guy. Like, well, while it's cool, like everyone wants the golden ticket. Um, we still saw players that placed really well, um, you know, at Nova, um, that already had their golden ticket, you know, like, so why would you bring the sweatiest team out there when you can bring your favorite team, have the most fun? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a time and place to bring that, that sweaty team. Um, and Colts are still, still that team. Um, anyone who's not prepared for them, they're going to run them over. Yep. Is there any team that you guys would like to give a shout out that doesn't get the just recognition that they deserve? I think hand of the archon are like, yeah, really good. I think they're like right on the cusp of being, um, just like absolutely abusive, um, to a lot of people. Uh, if you know how to play into them, they can definitely fall apart really quickly. Um, but I think that there's a lot of really good players for them out there. Um, and we could see some really strong, strong results from them in the future. Interesting thing about those, uh, about hand of the archon is that Nova, a lot of people came up and told me that they actually thought that the, uh, hand of the archon kind of get fisted by commandos. Mm -hmm. So that might keep them back a little bit, whether (laughs) that's true or not. I don't know. Uh, I've never played that much, but, um, from what I've been told, they do fist. They fist hard. It's not a fun. Uh, it's not a fun matchup for hand for sure. Um, yeah, because I spent some time playing them, and it's like it hurts. Like you know, they're just fisting beyond does. A lot of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you fist know, you got to archon. You got to lube up first, man. Yeah, uh, true. You know, and that's not the dark Eldar way, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, I think that I agree with you. I think they're a very, very solid team, and a good player playing them can crush a lot of people. Um, and they, they, they snowball so hard. I think that they're a very, very good team. How about you G? I think they're an excellent team. I got to play against them 
And if you let that poison grenade go off twice, um, you're done, dude. You let mm-hmm. it go off once, shame on you. That's it. Then you you kill that thing right after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, and like, I think that I think a lot of players, um, Fabi, which I spoke about earlier, he's incredible with them. Um, I watched him play at Tacoma, and I saw. You know, I was playing Hand of the Archon for a minute. I saw him do stuff that I'd never even thought about. Um, just he got like, third, right? He did. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's he's one of our top top competitors, I think, for kill screen. He is your too. top competitor. I'll just let uh, you know. I know these stats. He yeah. is your top cats player. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's an incredible player. Um, consistent, absolutely. Um, you know, like absolutely killer player. Um, fearsome, and like he does stuff with them that I've I've never seen anyone else do. Um, just the way that he combos the stuff. Um, really incredible. Uh, I think that they're if they match into commandos with a good player, though, it's real hard. You know, like mm-hmm. just a scratch is so strong. That forward poor deployment with sneaky get can create such an oppressive early game state um, that hand of the archon can't snowball in the same way that they need to. Oh yeah, so I agree. How about you, G? Is there any team out there that you want to give a specific shout out to that you think is stronger than people, or at least strong in the current meta that will be until end of November? I want to say Kasserkin only because they can do like, Hey, I'm going to guarantee a critical with my points or something. Mm-hmm. But I know in my heart that that's not true. I mean, they're good. We've <laughs> they're seen good. people play them very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. I, w- I want to say our just cause every time I played against them and it okay, could just Kellen. be, yeah, it could just be when I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the times when I was playing against like the shields, you know, you go in for melee, you're thinking, all right, I'll squash this guy with like a chainsword. Nah, he's going to block two hits. Okay, I only rolled three, so I did four damage, and then I actually didn't do anything else. And you're just stuck doing that for two turns, which means you get no movement forward. So that's that's a team, especially if melee is still going to be dominant, Okay, that might I will, be able to do something. I will only jump on that train for this one reason, this one thing. All right. Okay. Uh, no, Exaction Squad is not S-tier. And nor do I think they're super great in the meta. I think they have good matches, but no, Jacobo, I don't think so. But I think paired with Inquisition, mm-hmm. they are S tier. Hmm, I forgot I about think, Inquisition. I think Vetguard and Exaction Squad and Breachers are all extremely good with Inquisition. We just don't have, there's a lot of hobby on that team, a lot. And people aren't willing to put the time and effort in. And if you're, you know, somebody who likes leaders who actually do things, like myself, um, you probably won't pick up the team. But That's true. I do. I will say that paired with Inquisition, one hundred percent. I think that they are a contender for sure. Okay. I, Inquisition's solid. I think we don't have enough like information about They're them. Slept on. Absolutely. They're not great in occultist, and that's why we don't see them a lot. Uh, but if you take Exaction, they're actually okay in the cults. Okay. Hmm. Um, and same with Vedgard, you, you get the demo mine with the team. So, you know, it's great. Um, for me, I'll say Phobos, you know, Ace has been winning tournaments. Other people in the, in the rest of the United, if the rest of the world have been playing a lot of good Phobos stuff, yes, they suck into Legionary. Um, I mean, like they're not the greatest into Legionary, but it can be done for sure. Like, you know, you get your, it's a points game at that time. Not, not the kill game. Exactly. You yeah. know, you just you just run away. You play the points. You push forward. Then you mm-hmm. retreat and shoot them the whole time. Super tanky Eldar is what they are. The Phobos. That's why I yeah. like them. For sure. Uh, 
I think that people sleep on the mines with them as well. I think the mines are really good. Uh, I might be wrong, but you know, not a true Phobos player at heart. But I will say that uh, I think Mark Garrett is the only one bringing them to big tournaments and having any sort of success. Shout out to you, Mark, um, from Plasma Spam. Uh, his two kits are also really, really good. We'll talk about them soon. Um, kits are crazy. Yeah, they are. So I think that Phobos to me is also in a really, really good state. Hopefully mm-hmm. Games Workshop does not give them another buff. Uh, uh, if they got another buff, they would be oppressive. I mean, like, I think that they're incredibly strong. They're definitely, I think, S tier. Um, you know, like, they have th- they have the tools you, for it. Yeah, yeah, I think that players need to be prepared for Phobos going into the World Championship. I think that you could easily see people from other countries running Phobos. So if your team's not necessarily good into them, like, who knows? Like, that's a crazy format. Their packet's crazy for uh, the golden ticket. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, those are some really good top teams and teams to look out for. If you guys are looking to up your competitive game until the end of November. Um, the last thing that I'll say on that, I don't want to get your guys' thoughts. How long do you guys think it takes for games workshop to, cause even Elliot on this most recent thing is like, Hey, you know, we're going to do the balanced data slate at the end of November, early December. And they have to wait for translations because people don't think about it. You know, translations take a long time uh, in every single language, right? So what? how long do you guys think that Games Workshop typically takes to, uh, do, that, to do that? Two weeks. Yeah, I think two weeks is probably a, a solid lead time for a corporation like that. For so me, I think it's between three and four. Just because... You also have to put all the words into the correct, like, uh, you know, PDF documentation, get ready to publicize it all. Who knows how many teams are actually on, who are actually working on that, or if it's just Elliot, we don't know, right? So, in my opinion, I think that it, I could see it at two weeks, but also I could see it at three to four weeks. So, if we, if we look at it like that, if they're going to come out at the end of November slash early December, that means that they have like a week waiting time. So maybe it's two weeks, maybe it's three weeks, maybe it's three weeks, maybe it's four weeks. Um, so three weeks is probably a safe bet. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Okay. okay. So with the, the balance data slate, so we know when that's coming end of November, end of November, December. early December. That is what so Elliot said. Yeah. That means that we have to get this new box any day now. Like, basically. no, they, you know? they, like, they, are they, they balancing data slate for is, is it not going to include I guess it won't include the new teams. It never so, will. It never yeah. has. It never does. Right. The only time it's ever happened was with, um, fell. Uh, I think it was the Felgor release. Yes, right. I guess Felgor and Colts right they, there, which was our most recent one, which so. was like when they, when they released the first one, they just did like the arcane arch thing. And they changed like one little thing about Felgor. I think they just touched them, which was really f- fast because every other balanced data slate, they've never touched a team that has just released. Right. Because you're, you're if we right. think about it, the rumor from Valrak is that the team is going to be announced late October, released early November. Maybe it changes, right? But that's the current rumor. So if it comes out the end of November and we're looking at a three-week span, that means that they're only going to be taking all of the events up until October, the, the end, the last week of October, right? Which is going to be Tacoma. It's going to be Kill Scream. It's going to be um, um, SoCal Open. 
those are like the, the, I think the few tournaments that we're looking at that they're going to probably be taking uh, tournament results. And unfortunately there's other tournaments like New York open West coast, um, West coast championships um, that might not get any of their, their, their data into it. But if we think about it, that is the first week of November. So if they wait just that extra week, it could be a two week to three week where it is at the end of November because of, because they're taking tournament, the uh, tournament results from New York open. This is just American events. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff happening in Europe, but I'm just talking about for America. Mm-hmm. Um, we could see them then pushing it to a two week, three week mark, which would also be in the same range. So relatively the, um, I find it fascinating that, the world championships is going to be played most likely on um, they're already planning on putting out data that is going to nullify whatever happens in that tournament. If if anything, it's just going to, it's just going to verify whatever changes they've made in my opinion. So I find it interesting to think about this introspectively from, you know, a designer perspective that some tournaments that they have, are going to not be relevant, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So, and then if we look at the next one, they're probably going to wait until the after LVO because they're probably going to take a lot of results from LVO. So in my opinion, I think that means probably three, two, between two and four weeks after LVO, we'll probably get the next balance data slate, uh, in my opinion. Um, which is fascinating to start to hopefully be able to predict when some of these things are going to drop, uh, you know, educationally wise, which then we might finally see, you know, the rumored striking scorpions and scouts possibly nerfed or buffed. Cause we don't know. We don't know how good they're going to be. I, I would be so cool if striking scorpions were an Eldar elite team. Yeah. Six models. Six models. What? I, that, that'd be maybe, cool. I don't maybe think it's going to happen. I think no, eight. Six, I'm thinking. I mean, they have power armor. They're supposed to be as tough as space marines in the lore. You know, my my guess is going to be ten wounds, three plus saves, like scouts. I think scouts Scouts four. I think scouts four up. I think so. You think scouts are going to have ten wounds? Easy. Yeah, primaries. Primaries. Scouts used to have nine. Well, they They used to have nine. Did they have eight? Uh huh. Are you sure? They don't have the black carapace yet. Yeah, because all the uh, all the Primaris always have one more, so maybe scou- nine? Scouts, scouts aren't Primaris yet. True, yeah. they don't they don't go through the Rubicon until after they get the Black Carapace and then become Marines. Then they can go through the Rubicon. Hmm. So so which is Jocko also kind dropping of, the Space Marine knowledge on us. A, a, another thing, if if Scouts is the thing that's rumored to come out, then it has to be sooner than later because the Space Marine Codex is about to hit. Like what next week? Like yeah. it, it's got it. It's, I what if it tomorrow? Like Sunday. Oh my God. What if they, yeah. What if they just go like, Hey, here you go. <laughs> that would be sick. But I mean, if we think about it, if we think about it, uh, Tacoma's on the 14th, right? Uh-huh. Of October. Of Tampa. Yeah. Tampa. Tampa. Yeah. Uh, I think Tampa, they could announce it at Tampa. They could announce and that it would, for pre-order. And yeah. that would be, that would be, uh, the first, that would be SoCal open or beginning of November. Do they have a you premiere know, show at Tampa? I don't know. They could. I think there's, I know that there's that Warhammer world event going on today. Is it? Yeah. 
Oh, what if it's today? Uh, Did we do this like not talk about the most relevant? No, no. Have you looked more? Have you looked? I'm looking right now. I'm I'm, I'm right here. It's just the new Space Marine release stuff, which, by the way, I dig that Command Squad. It's probably my favorite release they made. Um, But nothing about Scouts. So we don't know if those. I mean, no, I mean, like, don't they have a tournament going on in the world? Oh, yeah, probably. I think. And then, like, uh, there's like some kind of big event going on there today. And I. Well, maybe preview show tomorrow or something. I don't know if I, or I'm just like mixing stuff up. You know, who knows, right? (laughs) Yeah. With games workshop. I mean, like it's better than 10 years ago for sure. So, Oh yeah. You know, at least we get regular news. Yeah. Big, big shout out to their, to their community team. As much as we want to push more stuff out, you know, we don't get as much as we want anyways but it's mm-hmm. at least more than it used to be moving on to our final subject. This might be still a long talking point. Um, it's about some of the teams and how they're doing in the U S and mm-hmm. I've done quite a lot of stats. Is there anything you guys want to talk about, about teams and future stuff before we move on to this? Well, I mean like the cats are going to start showing up other places. So the bats mm. and the rats better watch mm. out. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, like uh, because cats, they're you know predators, small rodents. <laughs> oh, so the predators, they're gonna kill the rats and kill the bats, huh? Yeah, something. Probably not. You know, like it's all fun and games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, like Chris Baki. You know, I played him once. Uh, that was wonderful. It was a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, he was like, cat? he's like, he was like, he's like, he's like, this is actually how you play Novitiates, and then like uh, ran over me. Uh, it was uh. incredible. Uh, you know, but no, it's, uh, that was on the awful terrain up at the last Tacoma, right? To 2022, 2022 Tacoma. That that one doesn't count like for real. (laughs) I mean, it counted for him. He got the golden ticket, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) He got something. If you have to say one Tacoma doesn't count, it's 2022. Okay. Dakota. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. All right. You hear that, Chris? He's going to be no. raging on the inside. No, absolutely. Kidding. He better come up to kill scream next year and show us what's what. Uh, exactly. We'll pick you up on the way, Chris, You'll jump in the go. car and we'll, or maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe a uh, team's van. We'll all take the, the, the long journey, uh, like a, like a middle earth journey. You know, it's going to be amazing. He'll probably fly, you know, but you know, uh, oh, so he, has, yeah. he has the giant Eagles. Yeah, he does. He's a bat. He's a bat. He just flies. <laughs> He's like, I'll show these cats what's up. I'm actually a vampire. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> I eat cats for breakfast. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Brooklyn rats, their 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 top predators are going to be the skulking uh, about. They're going to be uh, were rats. If we're were rats, like, okay, were rats. All right, we go. I like. That. And I mean, like were cats. You know, and then the or would we just be cat humans, humanoid? Uh, what is the cat? What's the cat race called again? I don't know, cat? but whenever you say cats, I just think about the musical. I mean, Jellicle. I, <laughs> I can't remember the rest of the line. Jellicle <laughs> cats because Jellicles can or something. <laughs> yeah. What does cats stand for? I can't answer that. Sorry. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I can tell you that there's another. <laughs> uh, there, there's another uh, cats. There's a cats Discord for California, and it's California Alliance of Teams. Okay. Yeah, it's just cat. Okay. We almost got in coats. <laughs> Yeah, we could have been. What does coats mean? I'm California of Alliance teams. Mm. <laughs> worse sounding. <laughs> way worse. Way worse. Cats got it going on. So yeah. 
What's fascinating is I'm not going to say where all the American teams rank in the world because it's a little depressing. Our top team is Plaza Spam, ranked fifth in the entire world. Um, and uh, they are mostly leaps and, bu- leaps, and ba- le- leaps and bounds above, above most other teams uh, currently in the US, right? So we're talking about fake internet points. If you guys don't care about fake internet points, feel free to leave us a, a five stars and then just uh, stop the recording now. But if you please, guys want to hear please. about some of the some of the extra stuff, um, you know, this will be a good spot. You know, this might be a good spot to shout out our sponsors and affiliates. Yes, uh, it is. Gee, do you want to do you want to yeah, lead us off on those? Absolutely. Uh, so first, I'd like to thank FLG. They're one of our affiliates. They've been one of our earliest ones. So if you're in the market for new box sets, secondhand models, or attending any of the FLG events that they have throughout the country, consider any using of the link. Yeah, any of them, including uh, SoCal Open, which is coming up, uh, mm-hmm. which we will have the link in the description. Consider using the link. Like I'm mentioning, uh, any of that purchase gives us a little bit of a kickback, which helps us run events and helps us keep this podcast going. And then I'd also like to thank Goblin's Hut. They're an awesome group of um, individuals that make very cool things for your hobby. So if you're looking to step up your hobby game, consider going to their website and checking out their stuff. And feel free to use code SQUAD10 at checkout. Again, that helps us out. and We really appreciate it. Get that dirty down. All right. Um... Uh, Dirty Down is one of their products. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So interesting thing about SoCal, the last thing that I'll say about them, interesting thing about SoCal is um, I hear cats in the back. I hear the cats. I love it. (laughs) So that's just Tyler sitting back there just making like cat noises. He's making cat noises. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've moved away from the mic for a minute. I just got to like sell the whole thing, you know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, SoCal Open, we can fit like 200 players, right? It's a really big venue. We could make it really big. So anyone that's out there, it is a silver ticket this year, so a golden ticket. Um, but uh, you do you would win the Invitational uh, if you uh, if you place high enough. So um, interesting thing to think about for anyone thinking about coming to California in October, maybe plan it around SoCal Open. Um, so. Moving on to the teams, I have some very interesting things I wrote down like for two hours this morning. So Plaza Spam, um, their their highest placed winner is Leander. They have a total of like 1,850 ITC points as a team. The next closest is Kel team at 1,600, almost 1,700, um, 1,691, but cats should be beating them. And I'll tell you why in a second. Um, so plasma spam is our number one American team and they are currently beating everyone by about 160 points, which is on some of these things, a full ranking, a full and entire, an entire like placing, right? So if anyone doesn't know how these rankings work is that you go to a tournament, you put in your, your, um, your email address and you get, depending on how well you do at the tournament, you get a placing. Uh, and that placing provides you a certain amount of points that you can track online to see how well you do throughout the year. Some of these people are also affiliated with teams. These teams then score. Um, there's 10 available scores for yourself on the, on the team, but each person can only submit three of their highest scores. Um, so you need at least four people competing throughout the year in order for your team to do well. So these are 
people that have been playing regularly, people that are good, going to different events and doing well. So we're going to give a lot of people shout outs here about, you know, continuing in the hobby and doing well. So Leander Garrett uh, has first place on his team. He has the most amount of points from Adepticon, winning Adepticon with first place at 209 points. Nick Craven is uh, second and third with almost 200, uh, 200 points on one, 190 on one from KTO and Nova. And then we have Mark Garrett uh, in third place with 191. We have Jeremy with a 189, leading them to have an 1849 overall from their 10 full scores. Now, what's interesting about this team is that Leander only has one in the top five scores. Nick Craven has two. And then we have Mark Garrett and Jeremy. Jeremy's awesome, by the way. He's pretty new to Kill Team. Um, went out to dinner, hung out with him a lot when I was at KTO. So this Plaza man is also a really good group of dudes. They're just super nice. Um, like I said, they hosted me when I went over to Nova and they're super fantastic people. Um, what's interesting is that Orion isn't on here, but that's particularly because he did not compete at KTO. There's going to be a running trend that we see when we look at some of these events. There's a lot of repeats on certain events like KTO had 87 players. So even people who who got like 35th place still got enough points from that event because that that event gave out so many points to still place in the top five on their teams, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fascinating. And that's going to lead me to talk about LVO because LVO, we could easily see LVO be twice as big as, as KTO this year. And that's going to be the final penultimate placings where we're going to see some of these teams. Kel team in their top five is very interesting. We have Jimmy Kelly and Austin leading the the, the way, uh, Austin Lewis, leading the way for Kel team. Uh, Jimmy Kelly has three scores. Austin Lewis has two scores. Um, That is uh, the two leading contributors to Kel team, leading them to the second place United States uh, highest uh, total team of 1691. Now, What's fascinating is that Jimmy is going to have a hard time beating his his top scores here. He has a BAO, KTO, and a 24-man tournament. Obviously, if he goes to a 30-man to a 32-man tournament, gets first place or anything above, he can still beat out one of his records, but it's not going to add a ton of points. He's going to have to have somebody from KTO from from Kel team step up like one of his sons who are getting a lot better, Ezekiel and Jesh are getting a lot better at this game. Uh, I've seen them grow leaps and bounds over this year. So perhaps one of them or Kevin Burton or somebody, if they can score first place at an event, we could see some of these people change. Now, something interesting about cats. Mm-hmm. I want to see your your thought process on these. Um, we first have uh, Greg that got second place at Tacoma, which mm-hmm. he was on the podcast last time, right? Um, Absolutely. He played Phobos. Uh, really cool dude. And, uh, you know, played one of the factions that we just shouted out on this episode. Then we have Fabi, right? Fabriel. I don't know. Uh-huh. So Fabi, um, third place at Tacoma and first place at inside of the wire, uh-huh. uh, inside wire. One uh, of your inside guys, the wire. Yeah. inside yep. the wire. One of your guys's events, uh, got third. And then we have, um, Matt small uh-huh. from behind enemy lines. And then Tyler, you, uh, with 166 points, placing ninth at Tacoma. Now, what's fascinating is that you guys have 1,663 total points out of your 10 scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's very interesting about this 
these guys, right? Is that you actually have, I believe cats is also like, you have two teams, you have one third place team, and then you have another cats team ranked like 13th or 15th or something. I don't know. I think it's 17th because people have been misputting in cats into BCP. So instead of doing C dot a dot T dot S dot or whatever it is, they would just put cats in. So if you take some of those scores that should be here, right? You have an actual score of 1730 points, which would put you 40 points ahead of Kel team, which would mean that you guys are the second place in North America as a team, which is very impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah. Uh, way to go, guys. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. So shout out to cats. Yeah. Uh, this is Dakota's detective stat work. Now, what's also interesting is that Plasma Spam and Kel team both have... Um, Plasma Spam has three players in the top 10 ITC rankings currently for the United States. So um, I believe it's Leander, Liam, and Nick Craven. Those are the top three players that they have top, uh, you know, that's very impressive that three of their players are also the top players in the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. Cats, uh, uh, Kel team also has just one player, which would be Jimmy Kelly at two at second place. So he is beating Plaza Spam. Leander's, I think, third, but I think that has to do with a lot of recent recent tournament bias. Um, I think Leander was leading the United States for quite some time. Cats, uh, your top player is ranked 14th. He's not in the top 10, and that's mm-hmm. Fabby, which is very fascinating as well. Um, so, uh, you know, make sure when you guys are submitting for your guys' teams, you guys do put in your right team affiliation so that you can, your team can get scoring. And then people that care about it, maybe me or, you know, people that talk about stuff uh, can talk about it on uh, weird internet things. Um, we have the Brooklyn Strategist with fourth. Uh, what's interesting about Brooklyn is I believe they have, uh, they also have three players in the top, uh, the top 10. Uh, they are ranked fourth as a team though, with 1,608 points. And that's, uh, first place is we have Adrian, not only in the world, but also on his team, providing the most amount of points. We have, uh, Nestor, which, uh, hopefully I said your name right, brother. Uh, Nestor, um, he's sixth overall, uh, in the world and, uh, contributing highly with his points and same with Joey Cruz, Joey Cruz, great Harlequins player ranked 10th in the United States and uh, providing a lot there as well. Um, those, and then true Carlson, which I've played true. Uh, he has a fifth place ranking on his team uh, of great vet guard player and his comes from KTO. So Brooklyn strategist, great team, both out there and uh, top 10 players and overall for us. Um, then we get into a couple other interesting teams. Is there anything you guys want to talk about for these teams? Does it surprise you that you guys are third should be second? I, it really does. Um, you know, I, I know we have some phenomenal players out here. Um, I think that the way ITC is scored though, it definitely favors the larger events. I believe it does. It does. So, um, I think that that's one reason we don't see 
any higher ranked players is because we just don't have the people traveling. Uh, you know, obviously with Kill Scream, we're going to have uh, uh, big points awarded to people. So we'll Agreed. see where uh, where standings go there. We'll see some people bumped up, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. So what's fascinating about bringing that up, um, like I said, there's only two, possibly three events left on the on the East Coast. We have New York Open. So if you want your guys' teams to do well, make sure you travel out to the New York Open. Um, and, uh, you know, they have Tampa. Tampa is going to be pretty big, I would hope. And then finally, the Georgia event, the Warhammer finale. A lot of people are traveling from all over and it's only invitational. So we, we're, we're not sure if that's even going to give out ITC points because they didn't last year. So possibly only two on the East Coast compared to um, SoCal. I mean, not SoCal, the West Coast. We have Kill Scream. We have SoCal Open, the West Coast Champs, and then we have LVO. So there's still four big events for these West Coast players to gain points or for the East Coast players that might have to travel if they're trying to maintain these these uh these leads um hopefully 40k um games workshop get, cares more about like our overall rankings because i think ace is number one in the world so i mean it'd be interesting to see you know from there absolutely yeah so the next team is the rail splitter ruffians that's interesting i've never heard of them how about you g have you ever heard of the rail splitting ruffians no, but Ra- I like the name. Rail Splitter Ruffians. Now, I've heard of Jonathan Reynolds quite a lot. He's the the best, possibly the best um, um, Wormblade player in the United States, at least this year. I know that um, Anthony is also a very good uh, Wormblade player, but he hasn't been playing them much this year. Um, Jonathan is the highest person in his, his uh, team. He does a lot. He's ranked. He's also in the top 10 ranked uh, fourth in the U S um, as a Wormblade player. And what's fascinating is he has not been too many um, events in quite some time, which might be the reason why they are, um, you know, buffing Wormblade because he stopped playing them. So he stopped winning with them. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to you, Jonathan. You're really, you're really uh, playing that, that um, you're really playing that long con just as a, as a true Wormblade player would be, you know, uh, he's just waiting to pop out of conceal. Exactly. You know? Exactly. He's, he's <laughs> hiding in the shadows. It's a Absolutely. gene stealer. He's going to play all of his ploys at once. He's going to get full rerolls on you. It's, you not even know, going to hit you absolutely um so it's interesting because i've never met any of them so it's it's really cool to see it people that i've never met when every time i've traveled over to the uh to the to the um to the east coast i've never met them you know i think they they must be a midwest team because they go to a lot like kco and adepticon so um very interesting uh, then we have in sixth place in the United States, we have bats, the Bay area tournament squad. Now what's interesting about them is, um, the bats have not gone to a lot of big tournaments this year. They had BAO and they had the AVTT and they have a couple monthly events, but, um, they haven't traveled too much. Now what's interesting, the most interesting thing about bats, they have a 15, 29 score, 70 points behind the rail split splitters. And basically basically 200 points behind where cats should be. Uh, 
First place is Chris Bakke uh, from a score of uh, 172 at BAO, second place. And then the rest of them are pretty much from the All-Valley Team Tournament because they did, you know, three of their plays got first place and it's split evenly amongst them all. They each got 172 points. Um, what's fascinating, though, is I know the bats are going to the to, to LVO. And last year, bats did very, very well. Uh, Chris got in the top eight. Miguel got in top eight. And I think Sean also did very well. So... In the overall year standard, we could see, which was interesting is it was Sean's first really big tournament. We could see the bats catapult ahead of a lot of teams if they do well at LVO because LVO is going to give out so many dang points. I mean, I, I expect them to do well. They're, they were fearsome last year. And they were looking sharp in their uniforms too. Mm-hmm. Those jerseys yeah, come in the good. Jerseys. Like they were looking real good and, you know, they performed well too. Trust me at the um, AVTT, they, they came out and there was a flock of them and uh, people just couldn't bat them away fast enough. Get it? <laughs> 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 when you, when you'd slay one bat, the next one would come in. It was exciting. <laughs> um, I'll just go over a couple more teams. Uh, we have the Brooklyn rats um, in seventh place. It's interesting is last year they were a really big you know, threat in North America. Everyone was talking about the Brooklyn rats and um, this year leading them up is Layla and Travis and Rami. They have the top five scores uh, from KTO and their other monthly events. But this year they just don't seem as much of a threat. Uh, Hopefully. I also know that they're running the New York open. So I don't even know if they're going to get very many points for the New York open. Hopefully they travel to, you know, Tampa and score a couple more points if they even care. Um, but I find it pretty interesting, pretty fascinating, nonetheless, um, that they were such a big presence last year. And then this year, they're kind of, you know, in seventh place currently. Still good, but not where I thought they would be. This, like, some of these things were very surprising. I didn't expect cats to be in second place, um, the, the rightful second place. Absolutely. Um, I, we're a big team though. You yeah. Know? I, I think that we are probably the largest team technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a lot of us. So, uh, you know, which is but, not a bad thing. Uh, no, it's but different. I mean, like it allows us to, you know, but our top players are performing incredibly well. Um, you know, I expect them when, when we show up to more national events, uh, you know, people get to know us mm-hmm. as a team. Uh, we'll get our name out there. Uh, what's interesting is all of these people outside of the rail sp- the rail splitter ruffians are all pretty much from the big local metas. So we have New York, we have like uh, Baltimore ish area, Washington, DC. We have mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest, uh, you know, Seattle, Portland, and then we have Bay area. And then we have LA. And those are kind of like the really big areas. That's where people can score the most points where they're running a lot of tournaments. You know, people are actually going to these and competing. Mm-hmm. Um, so in eighth place, uh, I'm just going to get to where squad games is. So don't you, you, you people don't have to worry about me droning <laughs> on for much longer. Um, victory gamers from Washington, DC has Adrian Martin, uh, in first place on their team. Adrian won the golden ticket last year. He's an amazing player in 2022. He challenged for some of the top positions at LVO. Um, uh, he's, uh, he's very, very good. Uh, very good dude too. Um, they also have Bogo and Philip Conan. I'm not sure who either one of those are, but um, 
shout out to you, both of you fellows for leading your team to victory. Um, in 11th place, we're going to skip a couple here. Uh, we have uh, Six-Sided Legion, which they just came out to, um, you know, the All Valley. And both players played pretty well at KCO. And uh, Brett did really well at KTO, which leads to a lot of their top scores. And then Blaine, Brett, and Ethan, they have a YouTube channel. Make sure you check them out, Six-Sided Legion. But uh, they all have so scores from the All-Valley Team Tournament too. They have 1,000 points. In 12th place, which is this one's interesting, um, Command Point is in 12th. They only have 7 out of 10 uh, logged events. So Ryan and... I know it's mostly just Shane and Ryan, but um, Matthew Howell also put his team as command point at KTO, which boosts their numbers. If they're looking to, hopefully if they go to the New York Open or Tampa or LVO, um, you know, they get one more person to top out some of those stats because currently Shane has five of the top six scores on his team, but only the top three scores from his team count. So, um, he has a 213, 205, um, and a 187 that counts for his team, um, carrying his team to victory by himself. Um, Ryan and, uh, Matt Howell, you guys are both great players looking forward to you guys scoring more points for the command point boys. We're going to skip the next team and get to squad games. Yes. Yay. Yay. We're at 14th place in the United States, 54th in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. We only have two ranked uh, t- games this year for Giacomo. Giacomo. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> <twice>. <laughs> so hopefully next year, because we're pretty much out of tournaments at this point in time. Hopefully next year we can, um, me, Sai, and Giacomo can travel a little bit more as a team going to different tournaments. We're not a competitive team, but you know. We, we like to have fun. We like our um, internet points. We do. We do. Internet you know, points, they don't mean anything, but they're fun to talk about. Absolutely. It, you know, it's like fun. Um, we're not here. Like, it, we're all here to have fun. But, like, the competition is part of what makes Kill Team fun. Um, I think especially with this edition, it plays kind of competitively. And it's best played, you know, in a fun, competitive setting. Yeah. What's interesting about us, I agree with you. Also, what's interesting about our team is that n- we've never got first place. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, I think, I think my top, my top one is like eighth at, at, um, my top scorer is eighth at Nova and then third at, uh, two of the San Diego tournaments. And then I got, uh, I scored pretty well at BAOs too. Cause I got fifth. Giacomo and Saya also went to Giacomo uh, went to the San Diego ones with us and Saya went to BAO and competed and, and did pretty well. I think she got 12th overall there. So top half. That's not bad. Really good. Um, the last two shout outs that I would like to see uh, come out to possibly the all Valley next year. And I'm bringing these up for multiple reasons. One LVO is probably your last chance for your team to score a lot of points. So if you guys are listening and I shouted out your team and you guys want to, you know, do well and be competitive, possibly come to LVO and score a lot of points for your team. And we can see where, you know, maybe the, you know, some of the best players are at least the people who are, who are maybe not the best, but competing and participating in events because who knows, maybe you're like a secret backroom gamer and you're the best player in the United States. But if you don't come out to tournaments, 
and you're not sharing your knowledge, then, you know, um, you're not going to be, um, growing the community at all. Right. So, um, we could see the OG kill team. Uh, that's from Florida. Uh, Benjamin McMillan and John Peterson and Matt Wildrug. You guys are from Florida. I see your guys' scene is also growing and popping off. Um, they only have six out of 10 uh, of, uh, games registered. So hopefully they all go to Tampa and you know score some more points and see where they actually rank out. Right now they're 17th in the US and then we have 24th in the US, Six-Sided Paradise. That's with uh, George. Big shout out to you, homie. I love George. Um, we have Dawson who score, who got sixth place at Nova, Jacobs and Thomas. Jacobus? So what's interesting about Six-Sided Paradise is that they're a very brand new team. Uh, they all went to Nova together. They all team jerseys. It was great. Uh, they're a really cool bunch of dudes. So hopefully they run some more tournaments in Florida. Maybe they think about you know traveling again maybe next year to other events. And I'd love to see that team grow so that we can just, we can talk about more than, you know, some of these top teams, you know, it's interesting to have the narrative shift and change and talk about new people in the scene rather than the same people and over and over. Um, It's time for some, you know, kill teams. It's coming to maturity. We're two years into it. It's time for us to develop some rivalries between these clubs, you know, like we need, we need some stuff going on. We need, uh, we need friendly smack talk. Uh, more interplay between agreed so, exactly uh, it needs it's time to come together as a community and uh develop that so 100 <laughs> percent agree uh which is, absolutely One. which is why uh the cats are eating all of the other rodents mm. uh, next year, so. uh, one interesting one is last year the basement wargamers who run mostly ran uh kto they were really big last year and this year we have seen their decline they haven't we haven't seen them uh, scoring very much. Uh, they are 16th in the U S but, uh, they haven't scored a lot lately. So it'd be interesting to see them come back and play some more. Um, it's interesting to see where these teams pop up and where people are growing the community and where, you know, some of the competitive play competitive players are out there, you know? So, um, I know I throw a lot of stats at you guys really fast. Uh, Probably not really fast. Probably super boring, but it's still something interesting to think about. <laughs> um, yeah, I right, would love I, to see a lot of these people talk a little bit more in the discords and as a team, you know? Absolutely. We, do we do we need a team discord, like a kill team rivalries discord, where it's just like, you know, only smack talk other teams? That would be great. I don't know. That'd I don't know. Great. We need something. like Maybe, uh, maybe in the lead up. Absolutely. Like, yeah. uh, it's just like an area to, to post friendly smack talk. I would love to see a lot of these teams come out to the all Valley just to see mm-hmm. where a lot of these people, cause we're, I've been talking to some of the Florida guys talking to the Brooklyn rats, talking to you, talking to bats, Kel team. And a lot of these top players, plasma spam, a lot of these players, you know, are thinking about coming next year. So if you're a six sided Legion, so like it'd be very interesting to see a lot of teams come together at one event. And just see yep. how well, you know, they can do. I know it's a team tournament. It's a little bit different, but, you know, it's fun. No, so, it's fun. So, yeah. I mean, it's a game, you know, we're looking mm-hmm. to have fun. So. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to shout out, Tyler? Uh, I mean, like at the moment, we just got kill screen coming up, which is going to be crazy. Um, you know, I, I wish I could have made it to all Valley team tournament, but uh, kill screen is too heavy on my, my mind. Exactly. What about moment. next year? I mean, are, do you have anything else this year? 
I think uh, you said something in December, right? Maybe we maybe do something in December. Uh, but at the moment we don't have anything else planned. Uh, we will do uh, kind of a quick little tournament right before LVO to prep everyone who's going to be going out there. Um, but towards the end of the year, it gets a little hectic, you know, holidays and stuff like that. Um, so we haven't announced anything yet. Uh, we just finished up some shirts and stuff like that. And I know we got some more cool stuff coming, uh, some stickers and uh, hoodies and stuff like that Ooh. here in the next uh, couple months. So uh, I'm going to be releasing a sticker pack uh, with our uh, Breacher Beach Vacation stickers here shortly available for everyone. Um, and like just all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, we're really kind of digging into the art and trying to get the uh, the merch out there because this is a cool game, but people need cool stuff to wear. While they, they do. Play it. Yes, they, they do. do. Um, you know, so it's got to be a rich fit. Yeah. We have some cool merch. We have some hats that we sell at events. We'll probably open them up here soon to online. So if anyone wants to support the podcast or our events, you can buy them online. We also sell like lasers, uh, the green laser pointers that aren't I, readily available. I want one of those green lasers. You keep posting it and teasing me. With it. <laughs> I do. Uh, <laughs> send send one up for the the winner also and okay. one one for me too okay i can do that <laughs> i can do that so. <laughs> i could definitely do that um yeah and then uh, something that i'm working on i think i've told giacomo a little bit about but is uh official game mats from squad games and uh yours truly uh some art that i've done digitally trying to bring those game mats to our events and to the, to the, um, to everyone else. And we're looking at start at a hundred, uh, different, a uh, hundred game mats. So if people are interested in doing some of those, we might be opening up, you know, uh, some pre-orders for LVO and, or, you know, shipping wise. So, uh, we're, we're, we've been talking about it. Pretty interesting. You need, you need to, we need to talk about that. Um, in another conversation, I've been talking with someone else about game mats. Oh yeah. I haven't stopped thinking about game mats for like the last two to three weeks. Well, honestly. you should hit me up. <laughs> um, we, we need, we, we have a, co- a long conversation to have, I think Dakota yes. about this. Um, but there's, that's one of the things that I keep going. This is missing from the hobby. Why don't we have any cool game mats that actually have what we need on it? Like all the other games do. So sounds good. I'm going to try and get your live reaction. Hold on. Hold on. So everyone can listen. Live reaction. Live reaction. Your ears only. (laughs) Yeah, ears only. You guys can't see it just quite yet because, you know, secrets uh, for the Imperium. Okay. Fucking amazing. Love it. Love it. Giacomo hasn't even seen this yet. I might do something more to the sides. You see the the kind of Mm -hmm. gray parts. I'm thinking about adding a little bit more. This is an open mat. And then that's, yeah, that's the three inch deployment. Then you have the. Oh man, I like it. The diagonal center line. It's like, it's really good. It fits your aesthetic really well with your stuff too. Yeah. It's meant to be for the repentant outpost stuff. And then mm. we're going to probably do the Necromachina one as well. So this one's not done. I'm still working on it quite heavily, but uh, this is the, uh, the overall aesthetic of what it's, this one has the three inch, the six inch, the center lines and the, the diagonals as well. So that's Matt's man. Okay. These are so cool, dude. Like, Oh my gosh. I love, love the way that you fit that in there. That neon green. Yeah. Oh, and what's, oh I'm, if I'm giving away too much though, <laughs> no, that's uh, fine. 
Um, what's interesting? What neon green sounds like? Yeah. So <laughs> the so everyone knows what on the podcast the Necromachina board is going to be ex- exactly like my light up board that I did. I have to make the one that you're seeing is very raw. I think I did it in like 20 minutes. So I have to make some glow effects and stuff like that. But essentially, uh, this board is going to look like the glow board that I have that everyone likes so much, but it's not going to have the $600 price tag. We're looking at pricing these at probably $35 to $30 per mat. Um, so, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be cool. And I'm pretty excited. So that's, that's really cool. Uh, neoprene mats are so needed. They really space. are. So I, our cardboard mats are really starting to look, uh, beat up. Yeah. I'll they, tell they, you what. Yeah. Yeah, cardboard mats are still good for uneven tables like LVO, but you know, neoprene. Giacomo keeps telling me that you know we need more neoprene mats. So here you go, G. What do you think? I really appreciate that you're making them, and I like the designs because, uh, yeah, carrying cardboard is okay, but I like the feel of neoprene against my models. <laughs> and dice. And dice. Yeah. If everything's bounces better on neoprene. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's where we'll round it out. Thanks for Tyler for jumping on. Thanks for everyone for listening. G, uh, Tyler, is there anything else you guys want to shout out at the end? Uh, I think I'm good. Just, uh, you know, check out Kill Scream. Well, three coming up next year. Uh, watch the, you know, what you see coming out for stats and stuff like that. Uh, I'm sure Dakota will go over them because they should be interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've. Uh, Especially next- if Intercession wins again, I might have a heart attack. Uh, you know, honestly, I may have a heart attack if intercession wins again. Like, uh, you know, I know I got some flack for my intercession comments, uh, but, you know, I, I would be surprised if they won again. Um, I would so. be very intrigued. It would actually make me happy because then I'd have more to talk about. Uh, bring you back on and be like, all right, what happened? What happened? I mean, Tell, me. You, Tell me the secret if, sauce. If, if it happened, it's Matt. Uh, that's that's probably what happened. If uh, The emperor's chosen. He's he's good. He's he's cagey. You know, I've mm-hmm. played a number of games against Matt and they have been some of the most difficult ones I've ever played. Good. So, um, you know, if if Intercession wins again, it's probably just a player coming out and showing really, really strong with them. But yeah, that'd be wild. Absolutely. How about you, G? Uh, yeah, I have a couple things to say. If you want to find me on Instagram, I'm at wargaming underscore studios right now. I'm currently working on Kasserkin, so you can see that progress. And of course, I'll post it on Discord as well. And speaking of Discord, you can find us on the Squad Games Discord. We'll have links in the show notes. And then lastly, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much for supporting us, continuing um, continuing to support us and helping us do what we do. So if you're ever interested in supporting the podcast in a different way, consider going to our Patreon. That's it. Thank you, everyone. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Meow. The Squad Games Podcast is a production of Squad Games Entertainment. For more information on Squad Games, please visit our website at lustersworkshop.com slash squad dash games.